you get me a big glass of water, tall, tall glass of water? And thank you. Welcome, everyone, to the Council on the International Camera. You are with your host, Charlie Pacello, here. Uh, we are just getting ready to get started to have an amazing show for you today. And really appreciating all of you joining us. Uh, the guest that I have today is amazing. And we are talking today about truth and lies. It's a really big topic, one that is uh, very important to me. And I hope for you as well. So we are just waiting for one more camera to come online. Uh, again, I want to thank our host, Remax Alliance. Uh, they are sponsors for this show. Uh, Remax Alliance, uh, if you want to go and buy a home in Colorado, these are the guys to go to. Uh, they're, deep, they're personal friends of mine, and you won't be sorry. Good afternoon, and welcome to the council. I am your host, Charlie Pacello. And we've got a fantastic show today, folks, for you. I hope you're excited as I am. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to Remax Alliance, the sponsor of our show. Go to www.homesincolorado.com. That's homesincolorado.com. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, these are the people to go to. Uh, I know them personally. They are people of integrity and they will help you uh, to buy your dream home or to, to sell your home. If you need to find a buyer, these are the people to go to. So go to www.homesincolorado.com, homesincolorado.com. Uh, today's show, uh, gosh, it's such an important one, especially when you see all the things that are going on in our world today. Uh, it's about truth and lies, you know, and, and we've got to get this right in ourselves. One of the things that I love, I love the Buddha. Buddha is uh, an amazing spiritual master. And he said that there's three things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. That's pretty much, you know, when you look at life, that's really truth and love will eventually always, always triumph. We all know that there's only love. I mean, at the, at the, at the core of existence, at the, 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 the very bottom of existence, there is only love. And then after that, there's two things, truth and lies, truth and illusions. And the Buddha warned us not to be taken in by the illusions of the world, for this leads to suffering, attachment, and this endless cycles of death and rebirth. And then Jesus said, ye, yet ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Other great leaders and spiritual masters, philosophers, and thinkers of our human history have esteemed truth as a means to understand our true nature and the path towards enlightenment, salvation, freedom, and the unity and brotherhood, sisterhood of humankind. Mahatma Gandhi wrote, There is no God higher than truth. George Washington said, Truth will ultimately prevail where there is pains to bring it to light. Now, I could go on and on about what others said about the inestimable value of truth. But it means nothing if we don't really value it and understand its nature. And at the same time, why we choose to lie instead. So to begin the conversation today, I want to briefly go into what is truth and when do we begin to form a relationship with it. Now, there are some eternal truths. You know, there's these mystical truths of life. And for one of them, one that is absolutely, uh, you cannot deny, is that change is constant. Life is constantly changing. 
Every day you're growing older. People are moving in and out of your life. Nature around us is changing through the seasons, from the winter to the fall, to the, or winter to the summer, to the fall, and to, uh, to, to the spring. And it cycles around again. And we are part of nature, regardless of our achievements in the world, and we're subject to its laws. This is a truth. Another truth is the mystical law, what is in one is in the whole. The entire universe is inside of you. It's, and you are part of this universe. Everything is interconnected, related, and in an interdependent relationship with all that is. Now recently, there, I, uh, I watched this program on the National Geographic Channel called One Strange Rock, and it's hosted by Will Smith. And it explains beautifully how the universe was formed, how billions of years ago these, these space particles collided together, which would eventually become the Earth. And over the next few billion years, life began to take root through this amazing process. And all these transformations our Earth went through be helped it to become the paradise that it is today. We live in what's called the Goldilocks zone. And it's this perfect orbit for life to occur. And this series is told from the perspective of eight astronauts who worked and lived on the International Space Station. And all of them were changed by what they witnessed and experienced. Their truth about our planet and our relationship, relationship to it changed because of the higher global perspective they were privileged to see from outer space. They now witness the Earth as a living organism. For instance, they watched how these windstorms from North Africa would gather up these sands in the desert, which are actually dead diatoms, which I'll explain here in just a moment. And they sweep across the continent to the east, across the Atlantic Ocean, and deposit the rich sediment in the Amazon jungle of Brazil. 27 million tons of diatom shell dust is transported annually by these easterly transatlantic winds from the Bodel Depression in the bed of Lake Mega Chad in the Sahara. The planet is fertilizing itself. It's amazing. And their perspective, these astronauts' perspective on what it meant to be alive changed dramatically. These astronauts witnessed how everything was interconnected, the laws of nature in brilliant display. One magnificent example for you. All these astronauts observed in the oceans these large swaths of light blue expanding and contracting in all of the deep blue oceans of the world. And what they were witnessing was the breeding and the dying off of these microscopic one-celled organisms called diatoms. Now diatoms, they're smaller in diameter than the tip of a pin. And they number in the trillions. And they produce most of the oxygen that we breathe today. Their death allows us to breathe. I recommend you watch the program with your families. It will change how you see the world and the incredible dynamics involved 
with all of the Earth's systems to give us life. And these astronauts no longer called just the United States their home after witnessing this, these incredible phenomena. They shifted to a new truth in them. The entire Earth was their home. So what is the truth? What is truth? Is, is truth merely a subjective, personal experience that changes over time as one evolves, grows, and more knowledge is attained? Is truth relative, ephemeral, and elusive? Or is there a truth that lives within us, untainted by time, circumstance, history, culture, or religion? An internal, unchangeable, unalterable truth. Now, truth is most often regarded to mean uh, in accord with fact or reality or fidelity to an original standard. It's usually held to be in the opposite of falsehood and can also be used in modern context to refer to the idea of truth to self or authenticity. Now, being authentic is being true to you. What you think, say, and do are in alignment. As Marcus Aurelius uh, would say, he who is in harmony with himself is in harmony with the universe. And we are most powerful when we connect to the truth that lives within us and know the law of our conscience, which is that small little voice inside which guides us to act judiciously in our lives, knowing right from wrong, good from evil, this is safe, this isn't. It's a fundamental instinct we're born knowing. And this instinct lives in the soul and is prior to family, religion, custom, tradition, and ethics. And I believe we're born knowing we should treat each other a certain way, that there is a way we need to be with one another, and I believe this truth exists within all of us. Now, the Roman philosopher Seneca wrote, Nature united us in one big family. And we should live our lives together, helping each other. But when we forget this, when we forget our sacredness, our interconnectedness, we lose our way. And then we make foolish choices which have consequences that bring pain and suffering. The beginning of this loss of our connection to the divine within is the emergence of the capacity to lie. To lie is to tell an intentionally false statement a conscious choice to cover up the truth, what you actually know, because on some level, you believe telling a lie will get you what you want. No one ever lies to you unless they want to control how you respond to them. Now, there is a moment in the birth of our conscience which occurs around the age of six or seven. It's initiation. It's our first big test. And this understanding comes from Carolyn Meese, a very wise and firm spiritual teacher and director who I've been studying and learning from for some time. Basically, around this age, six or seven, we are given an appetite to do something wrong, to lie, to steal or cheat. And we are conscious of it. We are given in this moment the choice to do it. And we hear a voice saying, are you sure you want to do this? Or don't do this. And I imagine it to be an angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And they're trying to get our attention. 
And how we answer this experience determines our relationship with truth. Whether we are afraid or trust the power of truth, and this determines a journey for the rest of our life. For those who tell the truth, you will see the power in truth. And that's a path you will take, even if some sort of correction is involved. And for those who fear the truth, you will lie. You will see truth as an enemy and take cover in deceit. Now, unfortunately for most, truth becomes a thing to fear. And as a consequence, we'll associate safety with prevaricating, equivocating, and distorting of facts. Speaking the truth becomes linked up with the feelings of terror. And thus, lies become easier and easier to say because lies keep everything together. One word of truth will change everything. One word. And we all know this to be true. Trauma and drama is usually an indication we need to face the truth. If there's a lot of drama in your life, it's a clear indication that there is deceit. Drama is always, always about deceit. And you may be the one who's being the deceiver. Or the other person may be. We can all be. We've all been guilty of this. But what is happening is, is we are denying with our words what we know to be true. Our word is our bond. Our intelligence, thoughts, feelings, emotions are communicable by the words we choose. And if we can't trust the words of the other, all communication and intimate relations break down. Michel de Montaigne, a French Renaissance philosopher, described the giving of the lie rather than being true to our word when he wrote, "'Tis the only way by which we communicate our thoughts and wills. "'Tis the interpreter of the soul. "'And if it deceives us, we no longer know nor have further tie upon one another. "'If that deceives us, it breaks all our correspondence "'and dissolves all the ties of government.'" End quote. So why don't we keep our word anymore? Why is it so difficult to speak the truth? I think we have forsaken the integrity, majesty, the beauty, and the dignity of our souls for the easier route. We become so accustomed to the ease and frequency of the distortion of the truth that we can't get out of the darkness of making bad choices. We don't trust doing good things. We really don't trust the light. We don't trust goodness, grace, and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And we all have some partnership with darkness, all of us. Some more, some less. And we are given constantly the opportunity to tell the truth. But when we are given it, we choose to continue the lies. We can't stop. On some level, we understand if I manipulate, if I make a dark choice, my partnership with darkness, whether we call it evil, the shadow, darkness, negativity, it doesn't matter. This will work for me. I only want the light when I want it. Telling intentionally fraudulent lies 
is a relationship with the darkness. Make no mistake. So what do we do? All you can do is control yourself. That's it. You've got to get this right in you. You've got to get it right in you. And you have to get your inner act together. First and foremost is the word you keep to yourself. And you do this by being truthful and committing to yourself that I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm not going to betray myself or anyone anymore. This builds your self-esteem and self-respect, which is everything in a world plagued by lies, illusions, and deception. You can't hold anyone accountable for their word if you can't keep it for yourself. And secondly, you must care for your soul more than you care about anything else. As Socrates emphasized in his teachings, the soul is that in us which seeks and knows what is true, good, and beautiful. It is improved by doing good and harmed by doing evil. And we must never harm another for the harm done to us. All of the spiritual masters, all of them, from all the traditions, speak the, of this idea to turn the other cheek. And as Leo Tolstoy writes so beautifully, seek the truth. It always shows us what we should do, what we should not do, and what we should stop doing. So today on the council, we're going to continue to expand on this idea. I have an incredibly very special guest, a very dear friend of mine, uh, who is going to help us to understand more deeply the nature of truth, what happens to our bodies, when we lie and what the consequences of our choices lead to in the quality of our lives and our relationships. Dr. Sarah Larson is a medical intuitive, public speaker, and host of the Miracle Makers on UBN Radio TV. Dr. Sarah, thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, you're so welcome, Charlie. I loved hearing your um, conversation so far and what wisdom you bring in is it's so incredible so i'm so honored to be here and to meet all of the people that are on the council on the other end of the screen and on the other end of the mic what a noble pursuit we all are on what a noble pursuit you are on to be listening to the show participating Oh, uh, well, thank you, Dr. Sarah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, I find that the counsel to give counsel is to give grace. Uh, and that's a, it's a, an opportunity to, to really bring the experiences that we have uh, of all the guests that have joined on the council and to bring wisdom uh, to this world. So thank you. Can you share just a little bit uh, of, about your background, Dr. Sarah, for the, uh, the audience here that's listening for the first time? I love um, I love truth, and I love being here with you. I'm trained as a medical doctor, and I practice as a medical intuitive. And what that means is that I, it's like a body psychic, someone who reads energy and understands what's happening with the body better than most people can answer for themselves or communicate your body cannot tell a lie. And as a medical doctor and as a practicing mystic and as someone who works deeply in the world of miracles, 
over and over again, the connection between truth showing up with our soul's purpose intact and us, each of us, taking the steps for that truth, that special miracle frequency, the soul technology that's placed in each one of us. When we're free and when we share from that space, we create a harmonious, synchronistic world. And so I'm so passionate about that. Medical intuitive, medical doctor, constantly learning. Um, I also work in non-government organizations to help with medicine still around the world. We just got back from Puerto Rico and doing a mission trip out there. Much of our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico still don't have water after Hurricane Maria, Hurricane Ike. They're still suffering. And so, um, again, non-government organizations going out and helping be able to provide medicine and even beyond that, hope. That's so important. Hope is so important. It is, I think, the essential ingredient we need when we find in our lives to be found in any kind of like suffering or despair or some kind of tragedy has befallen us, we must connect to that hope. And a lot of times uh, people reaching out, being in service to others is how we are able to, to you know, ignite that hope in others. And if they feel abandoned or deserted or any kind of uh, uh, loss of being connected to the outside world, doing that kind of work with the uh, people in Puerto Rico is absolutely incredible, Dr. Sarah. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I love um, sharing our own personal stories, too. And there was a time that I was very, very lost. And I know there was a time, Charlie, that you were very, very lost mm. as well. And it was the, the, the counsel, so to speak, in books, the wise counsel that kept me from really becoming um, suicidal um, in the shadow darkest version of myself and I know much of the work being in that space of and I love that you shared Will Smith's um, how the earth this Goldilocks space that the rock that we're on whatever happens to our earth happens to all of us mm -hmm. we have very Free, little free will when we take a look at earth uh, it's the the sun we're going to rotate and vortex wherever the sun is the sun in the milky way but when we go deeply inside ourselves deeply inside each individual the more i go inside and understand me the more free will i have and the more that I understand and can get those that I work with, thousands and thousands of people now, understand the mind-body-spirit connection. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell a lie and not have it register in your body. I heard you mention Carolyn Mace. One of her favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes from her is, a liar never heals. Mm -hmm. Your so body. <laughs> so true. Your, your body knows. And so it's really, this is the crux of where we are in humanity. Everything that we're looking out outside in this great soup of politics, 
the great things that are happening in um, the environment, everything that's happening socially, well, it's the result of the great lies that we've allowed to be um, perpetuated over and over again. It really takes two people to tell a lie. Not only the person speaking it, but the person that's receiving it. Mm. And so I'm so excited to dive further into this conversation. The, the big key thing here being the only person we can change is ourselves. That's the only place we have free will. Mm -hmm. um, understanding, I love that you asked everyone to make a commitment to stand by the truth. And to monitor their experience, maybe between now and next week, on how easy it was to tell the truth. How, uh, what areas were you looking at or wanting to share a lie? Mm -hmm. And really noting for yourself, why was it that you wanted to tell a lie? Mm -hmm. Or if you did wind up telling a lie, really understanding what you want. I think that is the basis of all of the dis-ease in our world is most people have not really authentically sat down and become familiar with what it is that they want. And Charlie, in the work, when we started working together, when you came in, that was one of the first steps that we could do was really get you to find what you wanted and when you found what you wanted you took steps to create that and now you're on the road you you're you know you met with the pope i did <laughs> i don't know how that happened uh, uh, dr Sarah, but i did <laughs> and you went in and helped rewrite the mission statement of the churches in lebanon you speak and grounded so much in truth. And the person that I began working with years ago that stepped into my office and the person that's here now doing this extraordinary work with councils, with the greatest in our world to date, um, wisdom, sages, it's extraordinary. The gap between those two places was knowing what you wanted, what you authentically wanted. And people who don't know what they want have to lie or receive lies until they become strong enough, committed enough, um, declaring enough to begin creating a whole new world. Well, it is. And obviously, you know, it's one of those things, you know, being able to learn how to distinguish in yourself when you're telling a lie, when you're telling truth. And when you're going through any kind of crisis like I was going through and, and not being able, I was, I was fragmented. And the place that I had to start was really getting clear about who I was and what I was all about and what was the truth that was in me. Obviously, I had gone off, I had veered off course. I had thought that, you know, just like I had talked about in the, uh, in the opening monologue, was that, you know, I, I compromised myself. I betrayed myself in some areas. I allowed things to happen. And so I had lost that link 
that inner that inner guidance, and everybody has it. Now, every now, there's everybody has this. It's not a special thing that only only psychic people have, or you know, only people who are no. Everyone has that intuitive guidance that allows them to say, okay, do I take this road or do I not take this road? Because everything is a choice. Every choice we have has a consequence. And if we're not listening to that own guidance, and it usually starts out in the gut, your gut is really an, an indicator that that very deep sense that connects you to something you know you always hear, I have a gut instinct about something or my gut well that's that's that that link that natural link that everybody has and it goes from your gut to your throat to your, your the crown chakra area and it's this alignment that happens but if you have been lying to yourself you you can't trust yourself and if you can't trust yourself you can't trust others so you have to get to a place where you are saying, all right, I, you know, I can't change what happened in the past, and I can't change what that was, what was going on back there. But I can start today, and I can start saying, all right, I'm going to start telling the truth, no matter how hard that is, and I'm going to live in that in kind of integrity. And you're going to be confronted with those areas that need to be uh, realigned. I mean, it, it, it takes some effort. Um, what happens, Doctor Sarah, uh, to our bodies? You know, it's. Uh, when we're when we tell a lie, what is going on in our brains when we tell a lie? What is what is the what is its nature, and and does telling a lie affect our biology and how? So yes, telling a lie affects our biology. It makes us. It's a um, aggressive form of repression of life within ourselves. Whenever we tell a lie, a little part of us, a little circuitry, winds up not receiving blood, oxygen, nutrients the same way. And if we tell a repeated lie over and over again, well, parts of our body begin to shut down. Our kidneys, so if we're lying out of fear, then our kidneys begin to shut down or not function as well. And literally, we have intelligence brain matter all over our body and our um sometimes we don't even know we're lying but um when people come into the office and i first start working with them if there is depression they don't know that they're lying because their left brain and right brain is not communicating they're flooded with emotion Sleep deprivation is a side effect of, you know, someone who sleeps well at night has a clear conscience. There is something so absolute certain with that. That clear conscience, that ability to sleep, the ability to reintegrate with your mind and process and bring parts of your brain, the neocortex, um, Regions of our brain become available the more compassionate, the more loving, the more truth-telling we are. A, a Dr. Paul McLean, about 50 years ago, a Yale doctor, began studying the brain. And those that tell the truth, are compassionate, meditate, are able to communicate. And he invented lobes of the brain called angel lobes. The reason that it's called, they're not available to everyone. Just 
those that really step into and that's why quite often you'll hear stories about sages and wise people that communicate with angels they've practiced compassion they've gotten into a place where they know when they're telling the truth when they're lying and making sure they tell deeper and deeper layers of truth those regions of the brain become available and show you more of the environment that's around you and so there's parts of your body that become available when you're telling the truth that are not available when you're not and depending on the core intention of the lie so um knowing what you want creates some a different circuitry in your body if you're lying to manipulate or to rob someone or to take something that's not rightfully yours well your skin breaks out you get um you because you don't have great boundaries around yourself and we know now in science quantum physics art math institute all of these great researchers research um the data shows that we're interconnected and if you lie repeatedly over and over again what you will see is evidence of that on your skin if you are angry your liver is affected and literally the ph in your body changes with even a white lie wow. that's incredible so, oh my gosh you send your own personal life those that can tell the truth sleep better have better skin um the and our eyes especially our eyes cannot lie it's a great place to really understand and where you might be being lied to and to really understand fully that lying is by mutual consent That's so incredible that it's I mean I had no idea that it affected our biology so much and it could actually really change the it's almost like it's changing the way the brain functions uh in if you continue to perpetuate that and it's you know there's uh when we are, are and taking that companion to be that it takes two of us to lie uh, that you have to accept that lie and you know I was in the monologue earlier it was we break down those bonds of communication if we do that you know our word is our bond we we are innately want to be able to trust what people are saying to us is the truth and when we're deceived like that and we allow that to happen it uh we don't we lose our ability to be able to it's like our barometer gets off you know we can't we don't even know where we're going we're we're going somewhere but it's not uh it's not in alignment and you can't tell it so you're like and so it really begins with us and and to you know um we have to learn and understand that um you know when when people are lying to us they're trying to change they're trying to change the way we respond to them they're trying to change how we respond to them and so what are some behaviors that uh people can notice in others when they're being lied to and also what can we look at in ourselves to say oh, wait a minute i'm 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 being the one who's who's lying here how what what are some things that people yeah. can notice in uh-huh. themselves that they can pinpoint right away 
and it's it's really really incredible the eyes never lie the and looking at and learning a person a liar will this is according to Pamela Myers and she wrote a book called lie spotting and she lists out some really great traits she says you're going to use distancing languaging if someone is using distancing languaging with you so um, for example Bill Clinton I did not have sex with that woman <laughs> um, and he even might have said sexual relations mm-hmm. he distanced himself from the act he also distanced himself from that woman language is a telltale sign if someone is distancing themselves from what they're being questioned about eyes the the corners of the eyes or the mouth all of them tell the truth versus telling a lie and you can start looking at pictures of people the way that their eyes are the way that they smile um, there is fidgeting and movement someone who is telling the truth will hold their body and their body will be stronger versus someone who is lying there are these subtle fidgeting movements uh, um, they will be speaking a, a truth to and their head will be nodding yes or when they're speaking a lie they will subtly be nodding their head no and these are your body is the barometer if you feel expanded in someone's company over and over again expand it you know that person is speaking the truth to you your biology relaxes over and over again but if you're about to have a meeting with someone that you see on a regular basis and your body starts contracting and it's not feeling as energized and there's not a desire to meet with them well that might be one of those indicators that this person has repetitively not given you um, truth back. Kinesiology, a whole science, is based on muscle testing. And now we have shown this. When someone is lying, even lying a little bit, their body has less strength in it. So you might have seen on television where someone puts up their arm and someone says, say your name, and they're pushing down on the arm as their name or saying someone else's name. And you can see that the body is not as strong in the presence. So if you want to know if another person is lying to you, use the, um, you can use your breath as a barometer. Mm. And your breath, so you think of that person, You, um, if it's a partner or if it's someone distant that you're thinking about doing business with, and you take a few cleansing breaths yourself beforehand. You get yourself really, really still. And there is that psalm, be still and know. You get still, then you ask yourself the question, is this person telling me the truth in this area? And if your lungs expand, it's, uh, it means yes. If your lungs contract, if you wind up holding your breath, there is something, even the subtlest bit, 
And the more you use your breath and your body or muscle testing, the better you'll get at it. Mm. And the biggest lie is to ourselves mm-hmm. most We are lying to ourselves about what we're capable of, how amazing we truly, truly are. We will most often remember a past embarrassing moment and we will carry that with us into many, many rooms until someone um, around you really acknowledges you're really great, Mm -hmm. you're really wonderful. And then because you've made it a practice to carry around a lie about yourself, your parents might have said it, a beloved friend or a past relationship might have said it, and you subconsciously, unconsciously might not even know that that you're carrying the weight of that Mm -hmm. into every room. And so really getting around people Make it a practice to tell the truth and to really bring out the lightest, the kindest parts of you. Again, all of life is this, um, what we consent to how another shows up in our environment. Mm -hmm. If someone's really forcing an energy of negativity into the environment that you're in over and over again, over and over again, you feel heavy in their space, in your body, you don't want to meet them, it's because they may not be telling you the truth about yourself. You might be believing the lie that they're sharing with you over and over again. The other part is your body is your biggest tool. Mm -hmm. Your gut instinct. Usually, if you are on the path of trusting yourself and building that, you will be able to spot, lie spot, instantly well you know it's uh it is it's it's a thing you know like i uh just and that's uh brilliant i when you were talking about the lungs and and feeling the expansion as you're breathing and allowing that and sensing if you're contracting when you're coming into the presence of someone i think that's brilliant absolutely i'm gonna i i i sense that i recognize that when i'm in in the in my own situation my own life when i feel that sense of oh my gosh i'm I feel like I'm, I'm expanding in this room, and, and then all of a sudden, if I'm contracting in the, in the presence of someone, and it's so important. And I also think that it's really important, too, that you can know when you're telling, just try it out for yourselves, folks. When you're telling, just say a truth that you know and feel what it's like in your body, what it's like, you something you know is true, and then say a lie. And you can feel this, like, boom, it just shoots right down. It grips you. It throws your whole system off. You, 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 you could feel like this gravity or this weight come on, t- on top of you, and you can sense it. And then there's this fear that comes up where you've got to, like, I've got to keep this lie up. And so, like, your eyes start to bulge out. And this was my training as an actor. We had to learn. We had to diagnose. We had to get into and understand why people did what they did. And we had to look at the behavior of a liar to play that truthfully in a scene, in a performance, because otherwise people wouldn't know that we were lying on stage. So you'd have to know the behavior of a liar in order to be a liar when you were performing. So really look at yourself. Understand why you do what you do. Feel it. Test it out in yourself so that you know when you're lying and when you're telling the truth. And you start using and trusting that barometer in you. 
Real quickly, we have to make a, a station announcement. You are listening to this incredible show uh, with Dr. Sarah Larson on KUHSDenver.com. That's KUHSDenver.com. We are broadcasting uh, all over Colorado, the nation, and the world. Uh, people are tuning in from us from uh, almost every continent. It's truly a blessing uh, to be here, uh, to be, um, if you, if this show wouldn't be possible without you. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in today. Uh, Dr. Sarah, I'd like to move on to a little bit about the conscience uh, here. Have we, have we dysregulated ourselves in this current age by not being able to talk about the language of the soul? You know, those are the things, you know, the, about the conscience, about virtues of temperance and courage and patience and justice and prudence and sin and error. Uh, and what is the consequences to ourselves when these forces collide in us? Because they do. When this force of good and evil, right and wrong, if we don't know how to recognize it or how to deal with it. It's um, so great how to deal with it over and over and over again as children. Many of us are taught to care what others think. Yeah. And many of us have put the sensor or this, um, the way that we examine our life based on external factors. And it's so beautiful, um, the founding fathers of the United States of America, many of the other founding fathers of great nations, all had core ways that they analyzed themselves. And Benjamin Franklin is someone that I just love, and he sat down with, he really wrote out the qualities that he wanted, and then he set out week by week to gather the skill set within him to have those qualities. So we are part biology. Um, part of our biology has to learn to expand and make new proteins. So if we want to tell the truth, but there has been an addiction to lying in the past because we wanted other people to like us, and we now value telling the truth more than the opinion of others. Well, biologically, you've already made proteins inside your body that uh, um, come up. Automatic thoughts, automatic negative thoughts are coming up from your biology. And you've got to build a new biology within yourself with that new expression, that new commitment. And the way that you do that is really checking in moment by moment or at the end of the night. Mm. If one of those things is um, what you start out in the morning with what you really want. How do you want to show up in the world? Mm. So I want to show up in service. I want to give the greatest good that can come through my miracle frequency. And I want to create more possibilities for every person that I meet and connect with. So I decide that in the morning. And so as I'm coming down the stairs and I'm making my, uh, uh, doing my morning ritual, but I'm tuning in and getting more and more specific and everything around me will become a challenge to me stepping into possibility automatic negative thoughts from the past mm -hmm. my ego 
all of these things will come up. And so I've got this declaration that I'm going to focus on what I'm becoming and not who I was yesterday. Mm. I'm going to think of the other, not for the opinion that they're going to have of me, but to give them the greatest possibilities possible. So if someone comes down and says, um, if my daughter, she's 13, she's beautiful, <laughs> just and she comes down and says, Mommy, does this make me look fat? And now here is this possibility of connecting with her, but you know, and I love my daughter, I want her to have the best self-esteem possible. And now she's posed this question and I'm like, okay, I really want her. And so I would say, baby, you look great in whatever you would wear. I love your style. I love your sense. But maybe this outfit um, isn't the most flattering right now. Mm -hmm. It might be based on where you are in your cycle. Mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. given her the best possibilities possible. And I'm not worried about her stomping her feet going mom this is my favorite outfit I just well, I'm authentically sharing a truth mm -hmm. and I'm no longer limiting possibilities because I want that I declared it if intention in the morning was to stay connected with everyone regardless of what I had to say so if I wanted to stay connected with my daughter and I told the little white lie, baby, you look great, then that would have been the path mm -hmm. based on who I declared myself to be that day. And I think that is such an important thing. You know, I even do something very similar where I'm, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, you know, today you're going to be integrity. So everything you do today, you, I want you to be in integrity. And I want you to say the truth. And, I, and so it's a declaration that I make to myself to say that this is the way I want to live. This is how I'm going to be. Uh, and, I, and I make it a point to address that, to, to declare that so that it sets the course. It sets the direction. And when those situations in my life come up, and they do, where you uh, are, have to, um, you know, try to stay in that place of, of being truthful to someone, and you don't want to hurt their feelings, you, you find the right path. You think, you're in alignment, you see it, you know it, so that you're, like you're saying, you're building those possibilities for people, you're building that self-esteem, and you're helping them to uh, see the, the value in themselves, and because you, you want to help them to see that. Now, um, we have a, a society that seems to be, that seems not to be have this sense of moral accountability, uh, of, of we... we uh, this conscience is a natural instinct that we all have. It's born in us. It's not, not connected to the religion. It's not collected to our families. It comes before. The soul came before religion. Um, and it's an intuitive sense that helps to make the great quality choices in our lives. It can make it the important lives of others. But if we're not using it correctly, it can cause others harm. And if our collective society continues to smash the truth, or doesn't value it. We spin the truth, we rephrase it, we try to smash it, we destroy it with deceptions, lies, and propaganda. And we unfortunately don't have that moral collective accountability. And people today can get away with almost anything and our souls are weakened by it. How can we teach our kids the importance of telling the truth when so much around them says it's okay to lie? 
And it's so important to demonstrate that. Yeah, I loved where you really shared in the opening. You can't give something to someone that you don't already have yourself. Mm -hmm. Our free will, and it's quite extraordinary that if you're declaring it and becoming it, then, and it's everyone in business that I do business with, it's so beautiful. You go multiple years further and further into those relationships based on building one little trust at a time there's a and the way that a person treats the waiter the way that a person treats the person behind the counter is the way long term they will treat you and what we are we're in these different stages in our lives and um the first little stage is really building trust. And if we don't trust ourselves, it's hard to trust our world. Mm -hmm. Then we go into um, the Erickson stages of development. Uh, um, we go into uh, industry, um, all of these different ways of being in the world. So collectively, we are forced into it by the outside in because if we continuously do bad business or we lie over and over again we get that reputation and we no longer no one is trusting anyone mm -hmm. but if you get into the state of being really trustworthy well even everywhere your name goes everywhere that your thoughts about you flow doors open for you and so this this part of us getting really comfortable with the person we can change is ourselves mm -hmm. the only part that we truly have power in is the area of influence that we're developing over and over again and so starting with yourself if you have told a lie in the past or um Going and cleaning that up is so important. That will be the first stage of building trust mm -hmm. again. I With absolutely agree. That, yeah. It will, that one act of going and cleaning it up will help you clear, get rest. Your body will have more energy. Mm -hmm. So it begins with you. And if someone is in your company and they just told a lie, if you say, my darling, I, I want to share a little story with you. I told a similar lie. And you don't have to say that they're lying. You can say, oh, um, you know, I just want to share this with you. Once upon a time, I did this. And you're sharing about a lie that you told. And you're tattletailing on yourself mm -hmm. and saying, and I felt terrible or I felt this or I felt that, whatever you felt. And then say, I'd really love for you to share that story again and make it really comfortable and easy for you to know that you're forgiven before you do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look you no matter what, mm -hmm. or I'm going to look for ways to help you no matter what. So you, someone tells you a lie. You don't say you're lying. Mm -hmm. You tattletale on yourself where you told the lie in the past. 
-hmm. and you say, but now I work really hard to not um, co-create that environment anymore, Mm -hmm. and I will respect you and appreciate you and help you no matter what, but I want to give you the opportunity to reshare what you just shared there, Mm -hmm. and um, then, and if they don't clean it up, if you know it to be a lie, the way that you're going to help them is to not make it so easy to connect with you possibly, mm-hmm. or you're going to work on giving them less of your own time and your own commitment mm-hmm. in the future. Well, it does. And that's, you know, I mean, being able to share your own experiences in that way so that it, you can help them to understand that, uh, we all do this, and that gives them that course correction without having to punish them in any way. And it enables people to be able to look into themselves and to, que- and to ask them, what kind of a person do I want to be? How do I want to be in this world? And, you know, it, it, when I was a young kid, uh, Dr. Sarah, you know, telling a lie was a big deal. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was something that, you know, I, we, you had to uh, address. It was something that we, uh, you know, w- it was not acceptable. And so... What's also interesting, too, is that, you know, we, uh, we, lies can also be used in sometimes for, uh, for a, a benefit. You know, you look at some of the things uh, during the concentration, and these are the, one of the paradoxes of life. You have the concentration camps of World War II, and there have those people that were going to uh, possibly to their deaths lied about their age in order to prevent themselves from going into the furnaces. There was a woman that uh, went to a conference. She was in the concentration camps, and her last name was Rose. I can't, unfortunately, I can't remember what her first name is right now. But the guard told her, she said, well, and he, the guard had asked, what was your age? What is your age? And she said, 14. And the guard says, no, no, you say 16. And so when she came up to be, you know, to the, the SS officer, uh, she told them that she was, she lied to them. She told them I was 16 and put her in the other line. And she ended up watching her mom and her, her sister go into the, her younger sister going into the furnace camps, but it saved her life. So sometimes lies have this, can be used for a good, which is interesting. Um, you know, sometimes women and men in abusive relationships uh, will, uh, or emotionally abusive, will lie to avoid trouble or getting beaten. So, I guess, you know, we, we've only got a few more minutes. I'm trying to squeeze in a couple more questions, Dr. Sarah. How is it that we can draw a line between these lies that saved lives and the ones that we find that are so detestable? Um, it's no order of, um, I forget who said this, but to be well adjusted to a sick society. There's no order of success or no order of... And um, when we're in a sick society, the ability to know that God, source, that guard was put there in order to educate her, and um, she probably received his permission to tell that lie. Mm-hmm. And so that the higher intention that you begin your day with, knowing what you really want, is the technology to make sure that you get it and are able to deliver it to the world. And um, that drive to live is one of the highest things, um, highest drives. And so if your life is threatened, there's a higher force in there giving you permission to lie, Mm -hmm. to protect yourself, to save yourself. 
And then there are times that you can go back and clean and clear that stuff up. Victor Frankl, and he said the last of our freedoms is our freedom in how we respond, how we respond to things. So if you told a lie and that lie saved your life or someone else's life, then the response to that would be really to understand it's not, there's no measure of success to be well adjusted to a sick society. Biblical references give you permission to create from a higher authority. Mm. And that higher authority supersedes our own personal free will mm. to um, in what we share in order to protect. And that is the, that is grace. And that is the power right. of grace coming in. And that supersedes all other power. I mean, that is, and, no, and that's the language of the soul. I mean, that's the language yeah. that we're talking about. And that's that hope. And that's that the salvation. And that's that, uh, you know, uh, freedom. Uh, that is the redemption that uh, we all seek. And that's where that comes. And that's why we need to start talking about the, using these language. It's a power language now. I mean, these are power words, and it's important to reintegrate these aspects, the conscience, all those things back into our dialogue, especially when we're, when we're working on healing our wounds and getting past uh, our own lies to getting back into alignment because everything is known. Everything is known. Really quickly, we're doing a quick announcement. This is You're listening to this on KUHSDenver.com, KUHSDenver.com. Uh, we are broadcasting incredible shows, music all around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening uh, to this incredible conversation about uh, truth and lies with Dr. Sarah Larson. Uh, Dr. Sarah, we've only got about, we're uh, maybe about uh, eight more minutes here. I want to get a couple more questions in. I can't believe how fast our, <laughs> this interview went. I can't believe, I mean, it's like, I, uh, it's such a big topic. It's such a major important topic. And you know, I, 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 I want to go to this idea that, you, you know, everything is known. You, you can't lie to heaven. Everything is known. I mean, that's one of those, another of those mystical, eternal truths. And, and you can't change the past either, you know. But you can start owning up to your mistakes. You can take your, those transgressions. You can atone for them. And there's, that's a major step forward towards recovering our conscience and that connection, the voice of God inside of us. Uh, like what Leo Tolstoy was talking about, the voice of your conscience is the voice of God. And, you know, I, I had been uh, in a situation where I had to come into that, where I, you know, I had uh, betrayed one of my, one of my lovers, and uh, it was a very painful. I had to come straight up forward with that, and I admitted it. And it changed me. It, was, it changed that moment. I understood what a consequence of what I had done in that choice, what I did to her. I saw the, the, this... Her whole face, everything changed, and I thought, oh, my God, I will never, ever, ever, ever do that again. And that was one of the hardest things to the truths that I had to face in me. I had, I, I had become a liar in that way, and that set me on the course of a dark night in my soul to really get to who, what kind of a man do I want to be? Is this really it? So I had to become everything I wasn't in order to appreciate who I was, and I, was never, meant, I never started to be that kind of a man. 
And I bought. I got caught up into the, all the lies of the world and thought I had to protect myself and had to keep myself safe from other people. I couldn't trust uh, uh, another woman for what the, she was going to do. So it was it was insanity what I had done. And I learned a huge lesson in that. And I had to I had to make those steps. Uh, and the first step was to tell the truth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doctor said that was one of the first steps. Is I had to tell the truth. Uh, Doctor Sarah, what do you think are some of the crucial steps for individuals? To begin healing the division within that, uh, between the lies we tell and the truth we know, and get them to return back to their soul. So returning back to your soul, and it's it's interesting. I've had near death experiences, mm -hmm. multiple of them. I've woken up in a hospital after one extreme situation at um, age nineteen, and in each one of those near death experiences multiple ones. Um, I come from a violent background. I had a violent uh, 14 to 19 year old existence and um, near-death experiences being choked. And so in the physical body, I was having the intense physical pain. And in my soul and in my spirit, as I was being lifted out of my body, I was feeling what the person that was choking me was feeling. I felt and understood everything that they had experienced and what caused them to be there in that moment, creating this physical harm to control, to um, really make a difference in the world for their world. Well, um, where it felt like it was their only choice. I'm gonna say that another way. I was leaving the body in my near-death experiences and I was experiencing our one soul. I could see from his perspective exactly why this was happening. And at some point when we are leaving this body, everything that you ever wanted to know about another human being, you will know. Everything that you've been causing another to feel, you will feel in yourself. And that is what the balancing act, that balance will come in. And so you've either got the choice to do it while you're alive and to make a difference in your own life and the life of this other person as you're trans or when you leave this physical vessel that your soul, that our one soul is in, well, everything will balance out. It will get done. God's will, spirit's will, oneness's will, all of that good God will be balanced. You will feel everything that you caused another to feel. So if you want to do it now, what you give yourself is the possibility of setting that other person free. Mm -hmm. Charlie, you set your partner free when you told her the truth. Mm -hmm. and she, even though she felt it, she was in the physical form, you could feel it. And our God, our source, our universe, the flow, is a loving God universe flow. It's gonna love us and understand our reasons for everything. But the reason to do it now is because then you get bigger and better ways to express yourself 
that free will of yours becomes bigger and brighter in order to give to others. Your ability to share with another will change them. Uh, they may not trust you in the future, but what you did is you set your both of you free. The truth will set you free. And if you do it now, slowly, and for their good, for their benefit, not for your own, just so that you feel better, that's a byproduct. Mm -hmm. But you really authentically go and you share with another and you share it in a manner that leaves them really fully understanding um, a deeper connection with true insights within you. Like, and you do it for their benefit. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it so they will forgive you. You're doing it so you can really give them a gift. Everything that you see around me when I leave the body will still be here. Mm -hmm. And some people have to give it away for me. Well, why not give it while I'm alive and empty that so God, source, the universe can come fill that up with something in the current moment, much brighter and many more possibilities for both of us. It's so beautiful. My gosh, Dr. Sarah, that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with this audience. Uh, we are just, we are out of time, Dr. Sarah. Um, I would like if you could real quick just to give one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what that would be um, for this audience, for the, for the world here, if you could do that real quick before we sign off on the council. Sure. The, um, the only relationship you're having in the world, every single relationship is the same relationship you're having with yourself. Everything out there. And so please develop for yourself self-love. Please master and know what you want. Every relationship out there, God source placed for you so you could see yourself and um, uh, know your relationship with yourself and God. And so relationship is just evidence of that relationship oh, so beautiful dr sarah thank you so much it's so amazing uh wow we could go on and on on this topic uh and uh, it's a topic that i just find to be so crucial and so important and i just really am blessed and, and want to say thank you for coming on the show on the council today with uh with me dr sarah it has been such an honor and a privilege same here, Charlie. Thank you for all the great work you're doing. It's extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, <laughs> folks, uh, we are uh, done for today. Uh, we have a great, great show coming up in two weeks. Uh, you really want to tune into it. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful show. Uh, I want to wish all of you, may you be well. May you be free of pain and suffering. May you be whole. The council is adjourned. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Thank you, folks. Have a blessed day. Okay, on the international fo uh, camera, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. 
We will be back in two weeks with uh, the, another show on the council. You're going to want to watch this. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to touch your hearts. Uh, but thank you for tuning in today. Um, and, and go out and, and speak the truth in your hearts and love with all your heart as well. Live every moment, every day. God bless, and we'll see you soon.